This episode of Exceptional People is ad-free thanks to Charles263. Charles263 is Airbnb's newest terraced house, offering luxury and style, centrally located in the heart of Launceston, within walking distance of cafes, eateries, and local tourist attractions. Charles 263 can accommodate up to four people with a fully equipped kitchen, laundry, and off-street parking smack bang in the middle of Launceston. Speaking of Launceston, our next guest on Exceptional People mainly stages events in Hobart, but funnily enough, is planning a mid-year show in Launceston. So if you're from out of town and need a place to stay for my guest's next event, then go to airbnb.com.au and search for Charles263 for the best accommodation right in the heart of Launceston. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please enjoy my chat with the godfather of boxing in Tasmania, Grant Tazzy Brown. We're just going to go styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun, Grant Tazzy Brown. Woo! Welcome. <laughs> nice to have you back, uh, Tazzy. You're in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne, mate. No, I'm in second home. It's great to be here. I love, I love Melbourne. It's an awesome place. Uh, you, you're like a one-man... Uh, what are we talking? Uh, you've, you've gotten your posting. Everyone knows where you are, so forget about ever going on to the <laughs> witness protection program because uh, we know we're we know we're Grand Brownies all the time. I'm lucky there's no gangland wars anymore, mate, because I'll be letting them know where I am if they want to if they want to knock me. So yeah, true, and we are in Carlton. So we are in Carlton now. Grand Brown. The first time I saw you, I saw you on one of the Darren Petty Darren Petty films' finest uh, productions when you're floating around as the promoter, and I watched the last Luke Jackson. Uh, effort and uh i was just a bit disappointed grand brown yep no powder blue suit mate nah can you explain <laughs> that my friend look it was a hot night um yes. and obviously i had three of my fighters fighting out to get ready so apart from my promotional duties i was basically in the change rooms most of the night and then i was out in the ring as the cornerman so really um i, had to, I just rocked the singlet that night because it was so hot you know yeah, the guns out. I did have the guns out. <laughs> I, 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 I wondered as well, when you were, our first interview, because you've um, been with us before, thank you very much, and uh, we were discussing when you were promoting and when you were fighting at the same time. Yeah. And I asked you about the conflicts involved and the work involved in doing both. But now you're promoting, you're training. Mm. So do you find one is taking your efforts away from another? How are you handling all that? I mean, look, it's hard. Like you know, any any promotion takes a good hard three months of hard work to from start to finish. As soon as you announce the date and book the venue to the actual night itself, but also too, training the um, three of the fighters as well, Matt Trifford, Jack Dorian, Luke Jackson, and also managing and promoting seven of them as well. So not only am I promoting and training the boys each day, but I'm making the phone calls to try and you know um, organise fights for the guys too. So it's, it's pretty full on. So do you do you consider yourself? I understand your your role is a dual role, but do you consider? Do you feel it takes you away from? Does it make you less of a trainer being a promoter, or a less of a promoter being a trainer? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look, I know. Look, I don't think so. I think I, you know, I'll give, you know, a million percent to each thing, and I think I, I get it done. As I said, I think I said before, I thrive under pressure. You know, when the gun gets tough, you know, I'm there ready to do my business. So, you know, it's flat out, it's crazy, but look, 
I, I get it done, and I think um, the success rate has been great from um, my boys. All you know, three wins: Luke Jackson, Matt Trifford, Jake Doreen, all winning in great style. And then, um, and obviously, another great promotion with um, you know my business partner Adam Wilcox, Fire Car Promotions. Um, who you know we work together great. He's amazing, and we um, yeah, and we, we get it done. We've brought Tassie Boxing back from um, you know the brink of non-existence to putting on so many great shows. So, yeah, I think I think we're doing pretty good. So an event like that, is it three months out? Is it pretty much the lead-in that you like for your fighters as well as for the show? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just, uh, you know, pick that right date, you know, make sure the venue's available, make sure nothing's on at the time. You know, you've got to be careful about conflicting going up against events, whether it's football or boat races or whatever, you know, like... Um, you know, so and, and yeah, and, and, and you, know, you you get the guys, give them the fighters enough time to prepare, and um, especially for a big show, you know, and we, you know we're getting great crowds, so we're doing something right, I think. So, in as far as preparing your fighters, are they uh, are they full time fighters uh, as well? Are they part time? How do they operate um, in yeah. their schedule, your schedule? How does that all work? Oh, look, I mean, Luke Jackson's obviously a full time fighter, but he obviously he's got his business as well with the gym. But he works around that. But, I mean, a lot of other guys, Jake Doreen and me, Trivia, they all work, you know. So they've got to knock off work after a long day and come to training. So they show, you know, true dedication there. So, yeah, look, it's tough, you know. I mean, the lack of sponsorship in Australia, it's hard for guys to be full-time boxing. We all wish that was the case. But, I mean, you know, unlike me, sleeping on couches and and God knows what <laughs> mattresses in the gyms just to try and make it. But, I mean, you know, a lot of the guys have to have full-time employment as well, you know, unfortunately. So, in regards to your uh, fighter, your stable of fighters, how many do you have in the moment in your well, stable? So, I've got three fighters. Yeah. Um, I co-train Luke Jackson with Billy Usain, you yep. know, the, the master. Yep. Um, so, we do four weeks in Tassie with me, and then he goes up to Billy Usain for another four weeks with all the great sparring, upper body punch, which is, you know, best gym in the country, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, so I've got the three fighters, Jake Doreen, Matthew Trifford, but then I also manage, promote Joe Corner, um, plug a... Nichols, the big plugger, had a great knockout the other night, and Jack Unwin as well, and um, yeah, so I've got, got a few boys on the um, on the card there, and Matt Freshney, so I've got, you know, we're giving the guys opportunities to uh, perform on the big stage. So these guys that you, did you say you only promote them? Promote, manage, like I, I try and get fights from interstate as well. Right, um, okay. You know, with Linda Hoskins or Brian Matruda or, or Paul Nazari, any of the top promoters. So, you know, so I'm always wheeling and dealing, trying to get the best uh, opportunity for my boys. So, speaking of wheeling and dealing, the fight, um, the Tasma- the first state title in Tasmania, mm. first time in 40 years. Yeah. Uh, it never been done, it hasn't been done for a long, long time. Long how time. do you um, arrange something like that? How do, how do, what's the first thing you would do as a promoter? Well, the first thing, I mean, the bout itself between these two guys, and um, I mean, Stephen Maxwell was a, a veteran of the sport. He's fought... He's knocked out Heath Ellis and he, he's um, fought in Russia and he's um, fought in the cage. He's a veteran of the sport, very tough guy. And he called Matthew Trifford out on social media saying that he was a bum and he'd, he'd, he wouldn't last a couple of rounds with him. So Matty took that to heart. Um, and Matty was a good amateur, but he had a, a quite a big break of 10 years. So he only had the two pro fights. And um, to a lot of people, he's probably the underdog. I knew that, he'd, that he would win. But um, yeah, so he took it personally. He trained like an absolute demon best I've ever seen him and um yeah and so we we knew that fight would create a lot of hype because they have both had big followings big yes you know they have a lot of money being bet on the side and social okay. media stuff and it was just the promoter's dream next thing was to lock in a belt and talk to the ambf and, and get it sanctioned and 
And that's what um, you know, Adam Wilcox and myself worked hard to, to make happen. So we made history, beautiful belt, which is pretty much a, you know the same as the Victorian belt, beautiful belt. And we brought the title back, the middleweight title, which is one of the best titles, I think, you know, best divisions in boxing. Mm. And to credit the both boys, it was an eight-round war, I tell you now, from round one to round round eight, they were going toe-to-toe. And um, credit to Maxwell, he... You know, he could have went down either round, but he didn't. He held on. Showed a lot of toughness and heart. Credit to him and his team. But Matty Trifford, mate, he looked a million dollars. So both boys, for the listeners that aren't familiar with Tasmanian boxing, both are from Tasmania? Both Tassie boys from through, yeah. So, Steve, how old did you say Steve Maxwell? He said he's been around for a while. Been Steve. around a long time, yeah. Look, he's in his 30s, but he's um he's fought everyone. He said it, he fell us was the, the pride and joy of Victorian boxing until, until yes. Stephen you know, knocked him out that time and... Um, you know, Heath was a great fighter, and um, but so look, you know, he's been there and fought some good guys. So going in, he's probably a heavy favourite. But I knew Matty Trifford, you know, was determined. It was so just training so great, and he'd done it all in the gym. You know, and I knew the fight would be easy, and he mm. made it easy. So Matty Trifford's now the champion, the middleweight champion of yeah, Tasmania, and we won an Aussie title. Okay, so that obviously lends a bit more weight. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, we won an Aussie title, and well, he's had three fights now we're happy we're happy to maybe have it for his next fight you know we, we, we're not Aussie title 100% for is Trim. that something that you need to bring down as Tassie promotions down to Hobart or will oh. you travel uh oh look we want it on our show on the next Luke Jackson undercard mm-hmm. it'll be a great you know a great seller so yeah we're in the go chases now to try and arrange that for Matthew who's the actual holder of the middleweight I think it's vacant actually it's I vacant I, believe, I think it's vacant yeah so we'll have to just talk to the, the body and um and see how we go it's a shame it's vacant, Tassie, because I would have asked you to call someone out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause a bit of controversy, uh, stir we'll, up a little bit of something. We'll call out any of these guys, mate. Any Is there anyone guys. that you think um, would put their hand up? For, how, how does the an opponent, uh, how does it get matched up first? Who? What's the organisation that matches it up? Oh, look, they've just got to be ranked and you've got to be sexed by the AMBF, um, which, you know, they're, they're awesome. So, got a good relationship with them guys. So, you know, as long as they're, um, you know, they're in, the, obviously, the top ten, and um, yeah, but I'm not really real familiar at the moment with the, the just the guys in the Australian level. I mean, I am with the world level, mm. but I mean, you know, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see how we go. Anyone, anywhere, yeah, anywhere, well, but preferably on. in Tasmania. Sorry, we want to we want to know, but of course, uh, get, get the spirit of, get the spirit over and have a holiday out of it. Always. Now, there's <laughs> another one. Uh, also, someone else speaking of calling out. Yeah. I did see you getting a bit of appearance on the news and, uh, you know, on the uh, Tassie uh, news. Joel Brunker. Yeah. Yes. Oh, also called nice out uh, your yeah. main man. He did, mate. Well, Actually. not so much Joel. I'm also Lincoln Hudson. He's he's, he's big mouth trainer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you're going to put the gloves on after uh, Lincoln is this. Wouldn't be hard. <laughs> tell me, please. Tell the listeners about Joel Brunker's call out of Joel uh, Brunker, your boy Action. Joel Brunker's a great fighter. Full respect and a lovely guy. He's an Olympian. Luke's an Olympian. Luke beat him three times as an amateur. Um, and, uh, you know, we wanted to see who the best featherweight in Australia is. And um, we believe Luke is. And BoxTrek ranks him at number one. Joel Brunker's fought on the big stage, probably as a pro, against um, Lee Selby and Josh Warrington in England. So that's his only two losses. So, look, he's probably fought at a high level as a pro. But we think Luke is, um, yeah, we think Luke would, we think we'd, he'd win easy. Box his ears off, in my opinion. So the the rank Joel Brunker does he have a ranking in Australia? Yeah, I think well Luke's number one. I think Nathaniel May, then Joel or Ibi Bella. Look, there's some good guys there, but I mean, um, look, they called us out and then we accepted it and said, right, yeah. And then Joel 
said to the media he doesn't need Luke Jackson. Well, we don't need him either. Right, so, okay. And we want Oscar Valdez. That's what, that's what we want. We want the world champion. Billy is saying it's adamant to me that we can make that happen in the next probably two, three fights. I'm very glad you mentioned Valdez. We want Valdez. We Bron- want Bronco's not on our radar now. We want Valdez. In, in, a, in Mexico, in Vegas, LA, or Tasmania? Well, they're all kind of all on the same level then. If the government get behind us in Tasmania, we can bring it here. So we, uh, for the listeners that aren't aware who Oscar Valdez is, Oscar Rafael Valdez Fierro. Fierro. 21 and 0. Yeah. 18 by way of knockouts. Former Olympian. Former Olympian, and, yes. And him and Luke know each other well. They're mm. actually friends. So Luke, your man Luke Jackson is 14 and 0 at this stage. Yes, he is. He's been uh, following. We've been all following Luke through Darren Petty's uh, fantastic work. Darren Petty, best in the business, legend. <laughs> Lucky you dropped that in. I was just about <laughs> to drop that in. Now he, well, he's talking. Luke himself is chasing world titles, just like you are. The A team. Now yep. Valdez is a Mexican fighter. Yep. He won his title last year in July 2016. Yep. Stop Gradovich. He did. His next fight is April 22nd, from what I understand. Is okay. that correct? I believe so. Against uh, Manuel Mariaga yep. from Colombia. Now, this is at the Stub Hub Center at Carson, California. Yeah, yeah, we've been there actually, me and Luke. Outdoor stadium. Yeah, we've been there. Tell me what that's like, an outdoor Shane stadium. Shane Mosley, Mayorga, we went there in 2008. Yeah, okay. It was amazing. Yeah. So how do they actually have it? Don't they? Are they punting on the weather or is it a very dry place? No, nah, they have. I mean, they've got the, you know, the sort of bit of the tent thing over it as well. Mm. So it's sort of, yeah. For the fighters, it's nice, but if you're out there, bring your overcoat yeah, or your that's poncho. Right. Yeah, I'm sure they know what they're doing, though. So something like a, f- a fight like this, yeah, may um, to bring out a world champion. Yeah, you do, you are calling out Vegas, LA, California, whatever. But let's just think Hobart. Is it, what's the possibility of it actually having at Hobart? What sort of support do you need? I mean, I've 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 been told that for a certain amount, um, you know, they they prepare to travel to any non third world country. So, um, we've had Daniel Gill defend his world title. I know the government got behind him at the entertainment centre. So, that'll be the same thing. We want the government to get on board. And I know the Premier Will Hodgman quite well. And I've got a Senator, Carol Brown, as a cousin. And I'm quite connected in, in politics. And hopefully, you know, we can get the support to tr- put this big fight on. And, you know, have Luke Jackson fight for world title in Hobart. It'd be just huge. Huge for Australia as well. Yes. But Tasmania, wow. Massive. So, you're saying there's a figure. Are you going to indulge us the figure that they're after or is it uh, the figure that it's going to take to put on a show like this? Is oh, it look, obviously, there's two different figures. Yeah, I mean, look, the, it, probably 500000 at least to put a show on, so we need something really big from the government. Yeah, okay. definitely. And do, is there a Hobart major events um, or a Tassie major yeah, events? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, there's a few different things. Look, it's very... Look, you know, the odds are, if it happens, we'd probably have to go travel to America, but... Who knows? Yeah, we're going to try for it, our team. So so what is the actual process there? Who do you need to speak to to uh, let them know that you're interested or you want to take someone on, apart from social media? But what what's the process here? It's WBO, the organisation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Luke's ranked the WBO. Mike Hachimura, Luke's manager, who's you know, <laughs> got one of the biggest connected guys in boxing. Um, mm. yeah, He's obviously spoke to top rank. He's got a great relationship with top rank. Mm. And um, so he'd, he'd sort of do the negotiations there, and myself had a Wilcox to do the other part of it, and, mm-hmm. and Luke's just got to keep, you know, keep winning. So he's at fourteen and now at the moment. Yep, his trainer Billy Saint says he probably needs one more under the belt. Yeah, one more, one or two. You know, I mean, we've got a show scheduled in for September yes. in Hobart again, okay. title defence, and yes. uh, and one or two, and he'll definitely be ready to go. And what ranking is Luke at the moment? 
I think he's about, he's definitely top 15, so I think yeah. he's roughly about 12, 13, yeah. So it's probably at a level of ranking there, the world champion would probably consider him a possibility. Uh, if the money's right, I'll take him on as opposed to being a number two or number three. Yeah, well, the thing is, Luke's an Olympian. He's a clean-cut Aussie kid with mm. a great story. He's got mm. a great, amazing social media following. Mm. Um, so it's a remarkable dream fight to build it up. You mm. know, in the Australian, Olympian, undefeated. You know, and they both actually know each other as well. They talk on Instagram, so, yeah. Well, we noticed on um, Luke's social media, he got dropped off by a, a fight night by a dude uh, driving a, a Ferrari. <laughs> now, if money's an issue, you know, guys driving around Ferraris must be, well, uh, you know, they've got a few few dollars in the bank. Uh, is this Ferrari driver a possibility to fund this campaign, Grant? No, that, that's um, that's a business he's in with a couple of other businessmen in Tasmania. Yes. They've got like a, a luxury car, boat, like sort of fantasy thing for people to do. So, okay. Yeah, but look, yeah, that guy, my very dear friend and brother, Wayne Howlett, um, you know, one of the best guys I've, I've ever known, a champion in his own right in powerlifting, very respected in the world, in Russia especially. Mm. Um, yeah, he he, uh, he he had the car that night, so he dropped Luke off in style. And um, look, it was a pretty good pretty good entrance, yeah. Uh, yeah, you kind of notice a Ferrari rocking up to the front door, making a lot of noise. <laughs> especially the size of Wayne as well. So look, yeah, it, it was a good, yeah. But no, it's a good business. They're doing him and Jeff Barrett and um, Adrian, uh, Andrew Butler. They've sort of got a... A nice little dream package thing for people to come down and drive in a Ferrari, go on a beautiful boat and all that stuff. So it's good. Well, I don't want to make this a commercial for Wayne, but if, ladies and gentlemen, if you've seen Wayne, we're trying to help him out as much as possible, right? So give us the plug for the business, uh, please, Grant. Yeah, look. Um, How can we get a hold of Wayne and this uh, dream? Yeah, dream. Just on Facebook, just contact Wayne Howlett. And yes. um, yeah, he's got a lot of friends. I don't know if he's got... If he's got the five thousand limit or not at the moment, but just probably message him and yeah, he'll um he'll let you know how to go about it and um make a possible dream a reality. So your next show in Obar, did you mention it's in September? <coughs> September, yeah, we're about to lock in a date, either the sixteenth or twenty third. Yeah. I've got both dates on hold at the city hall. Okay. And uh how about um the actual uh, opponent. We've got someone locked in there. What nah, are we not, what are we doing? Not yet. We'll see. We'll probably look at a Mexican. Yes. You know, to sort of Warm up to fight there it is, mm. um, but yeah, it's still a little bit early out yet. So we're just getting over the last one, and and um, yeah, we'll cross every joint and come to it. So to actually get the attention of the Valdez camp, are you, I've always wondered with fighters if you perform too well, you scare off the bigger paydays. Does that make sense? Of course, yeah, yeah definitely. So what? How do you manage it? It's like chess here, not by not looking too good. Um. Because obviously you're confident that he can, there's a world title in um, Luke. I mean, always been confident in Luke's ability. I mean, look, it's tough. I mean, all the world champions in or any division, but especially featherweight, um, very tough. But I mean, that's a, one of the best divisions in boxing. But Valdez, yeah, look, I mean, we'd have to box smart and intelligently, which he does. And I mean, I'm sure myself and Billy are saying we'd have a, a great game plan going into that. But, you know, we're no illusions to be tough. You know, he's not going to just hand the title over, but... We believe in our kid, and um, you know, that's the opportunity to be amazing. You know, hopefully we get it. Are there any other fighters in the featherweight division that you'd like to take on, world rated or even world champions, as well as Valdez? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I would have liked Cole Frampton if he still had the WBA belt, but he lost at the Leo Santa Cruz. So, Cruz would be a tough fight as well. But 
even a fight against Frampton, you know, we'll build on the line on no build in England. That'd be huge. And he's a similar size to Jacko. Mm. You know, so I like Luke, you know, with against guys his own size, you know, Luke tears my part. But I mean, um, you know, so he'd be a I think his cruise would probably be a bit of a very hard, but I think Frampton would be a lot better stylistically fight for us. And that's what's about. Stoles. Mm-hmm. Stoles, yeah. Make fights. So, do you put a number of feelers out to certain camps, hoping that one of them takes the bait? Look, we're not really. I mean, we're not really chasing anything. Mm. I mean, we just win. We just go on each fight at a time. I mean, mm. the ranking system. If you keep winning, defending your belt, you keep moving up the ranking. So, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, it will happen eventually. But we're not. We're not really out chasing that. If he's at fifteen at the moment, would he have to fight someone higher than fifteen to actually move up the rankings? How do the actual rankings work? Is yeah, it yeah, he'd have to fight someone um, up a little bit. Yeah. So, would you only be looking at guys up in the top fifteen for you, as not to waste time? Um, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Michael tomorrow down and Wilcox, they they take care of all that. So you know, they've done a great job so far. We're the same team, and that's what Luke keeps stressing that. We're the same team. He come in with come in with the same team. He's going out with the same team. Adam Wilcox, Michael Tamura, myself, Grant Tazzy Brown, and Billy Usain. Mm. That's it. That's our team. We're the A team. Simple as that. So um, if some opportunity came up, you're on the first plane over. How, how does it actually work? Let's say you get this opportunity to do the business in Vegas or something. Yep. Which would be a nice start because you can have a few people. Nice holiday. Yeah, yeah, we've well, been there a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's for his uh, followers, I'm I'm talking about for his following. Will you oh. organise a tour or something like that for all of uh, Jack Action's uh, fans? He's got a bit of an army action, um, you know, and always, you know, the ladies at the gym and the guys at the gym. He's got a great following, and you know, thank to them guys for supporting him and and the the shows. Always buying tables and always buying t-shirts and hats and you know, I mean, you're nothing without the fans, honestly. Mm. You know, mm. so um, yeah, would mate, I reckon it'd be an amazing trip. Who knows? We'll get Wayne to organise a dream, dream, a dream package or something. Maybe you're going to run G's aeroplane. <laughs> he's got an aeroplane too. No, Wayne. He's got aer- I haven't got an aeroplane yet, but there, there's some. Um, he's got some good business guys around him. So, so you've been in the the promotion game for uh, how many years now? Obviously, when you're fighting since 2001. So the difference from now to 2001, <laughs> the last uh, the the fight game. What's the big differences? Have you seen uh, the changes? I mean, oh, there's a lot of a lot of change. I mean, fighters probably dodge guys more than just fighting each other now, especially in Australia. We've, you know, you got two, you know, good Aussie guys, and they sort of play the game around each other, and you know, look for they go different, you know, routes. But um, and now just the way it is now, just with the ticket selling and that, you know, I mean, all the fighters have to sell tickets and tables, which just is the way it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, early on, I think with Bill Morty and all that, it was a bit different. But he had money from the televisions and that. I think the television's dropped off where when I was fighting, Fox Sports was right into boxing in Australia and Jeff Fennick, he had that really um, going well, but I think they don't really do any live shows now, although it's got to do with Duco events, but, you know, all these local Aussie promoters, I think they, I think they, a lot of them replayed on Fox, mm-hmm. so it's not live. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, you know, I think that's the thing too, you know, not having that there and, you know, if there's no live Fox, then you're probably not going to get as much sponsorship, so... There's been a few things change. So in regards to your own guys, uh, say the people, no doubt your your fighters, Matt Triff and Jacob would be listening in. Yep, um, 100%. Their people, they're always out there selling their own tickets, yep. their own tables. Yeah. Um, maybe they hit their people don't know where the actual money goes. So as far as um, if you could explain the assistance yeah. to them personally, yeah. how does it work? 
and uh, them selling a ticket uh, for their own shows. Well, look, you know, it, it sort of um, it goes to them guys. You know, it helps pay for their fight. Mm. I mean, um, a lot of guys now, and it's a shame, but you know, look, if you don't, if you're not a good seller, it's hard to get on shows. Mm. You know, and um, the thing is, I mean, Jack Unwin first fight as a pro. He's from Launceston, and he lives in Darwin. And he brought down three busloads. He done an amazing job. You know, it was his first fight. Mm. Unfortunately, he didn't get the win. But yeah, we're going to do something with him soon to get him, get him another fight. But I mean, um, so look, you know, as for Jake and Matthew, all their supporters, you know, whatever tickets they buy, it helps him keep, you know, fighting and, and paying for him to to get their opponent and, and pretty much for their fight. Yeah, mm. pound for pound. Gennady Golovkin was uh, rated number one. Yep. Are you agree with that? No, I don't. You don't. No, look. Great fighter, and maybe not through his fault that he hasn't had those real big names yet because mm. he's been calling out Cotto then Canelo. But I still say Andre Ward. I mean, I think he did beat Kovlev, probably one or two points. But I think I think he's still, um, you know, come on strong late in the fight. So I think Ward still has been beaten since he was like nine years old. So I think he's the best. I love um, Vasily Lomachenko. Yes, you know he's a two two weight champion already. I think three three ninety four. Wins and one loss as an amateur. He avenged that loss twice. Yes. Two-time Olympian. Just his skills, his footwork, everything is amazing. Glofford's got to be there. Mm. Canelo's got to be there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and whoever wins that fight, obviously, probably would jump to number one. But they need, they, I think they both need each other. Obviously, Canelo fights Chavez soon. I think he's fighting a determined fit Chavez, but he should beat him, I think. But it could be interesting. What, um, what, what weight division they're going to be fighting at? Chavez Jr. versus Canelo? Yeah, I think it's a catchway. I think it's like... I think it's a 165 or so, not sure, super middle, but mm. sort of funny. He wouldn't fight Golovkin at 160, but he'll fight Chavez at 165. Right. So. But it's a big money. It's Mexican Independence Day, two Mexicans. It's a no-brainer. I still like Rigondeaux. Mm -hmm. He's not popular with the fans, but look, he's undefeated. Yeah, you know, He's that amazing skill, two-time Olympian as well, 300 and something amateur fights from Cuba. You know, Chocolito, he obviously recently got beat. Uh, maybe unlucky, but I mean, so look... The list hasn't changed that much, but just where you have them. But I think still Ward, Ward, and then Lomachenko for me personally. But I mean, you know, Ward's last fight against Kovalev, that went to the dis that went the distance and it yeah. was decided by the judges. Yeah, Kovalev after the bout actually mentioned that if it was anywhere else but America, he probably would have won that bout. What do you think about those comments uh, post fight? I just scored the fight. I had it close. Obviously, he got knocked down. Ward, but I thought he come on strong and. You think Kovlev done a lot later in the fight, so I gave it a ward by one or two points, and it wouldn't matter where I was, I'd be scoring at the way. So, so uh, the latest Australian super fight that we have, you went to Adelaide, <laughs> sure did. You saw that I was ringside, and you with have Wayne, uh, <laughs> Wayne, good man. And uh, your thoughts on that fight? Uh, you really want to hear it? Yeah, of course, uh, that's why we're here. Uh, look, I'm not being biased because Anthony Mundine is a very, very dear friend of mine, yes. Uh, but Mundane flogged him. He won it easy. Even that first round with that hit, I mean, I don't think that was controversial. He was on the blind spot. The referee said, let him go, Danny. Didn't say break. Hit him. You know, it could have been stopped. Um, luckily for the fight and the fans, and it wasn't because it would have been very controversial. People would have wanted their money back. Yes. But I mean, um, I didn't see Greeny land him much. I saw Anthony boxing well and really pouring on him to the point where I thought Mundane was going to knock him out. I thought Green's body language was not good. Huffing and puffing and really... I thought he was looking for a way out. And I mean, mm. I was close as you can get to the ring. And um, I gave it to Anthony. It's crime, criminal to score it the way they did, especially that one judge. I think he was um, chasing a Pokemon. 
Yeah, instead of watching the fight. Um, that <laughs> My judge. kids didn't know that yet. Anthony won it hands down, and I was at the casino later with Robbie Peden, one of the greatest fighters, and Barry Michaels again, one of the greatest fighters we've had. And um, they both said the same thing. Monday won it, and they said the air in Adelaide must be bruised because that's all green hit was air. Now we're watching it on TV, and even though people say, "Why are these guys going around again?" But really, there was thirty plus thousand people at that ground. Great for boxing. Great so, for the guys in the undercard, the Maloney's, yes. um, Tim Zhu. Awesome. Some of the fights on the undercard, Grand, though, you know. I know you don't probably like bagging uh, fellow promoters, but some of those uh, matchups were quite uh, disastrous. I've never been a fan of the rugby league guys or yep. AFL guys fighting, yep. period. Apart from Anthony, different story because mm. he's, he's, yeah, he'd, he'd done it the right way. But I mean, a lot of these guys, I know the one you're talking about with um, Quade Cooper. Quade Cooper, look, you know. That was, Semi main event. Yeah, look, could have had one of the. Maloney Boys or whoever. Look, oh, yeah, I don't know. Or Luke Jackson on the show or Paul Fleming. Look, yeah, I don't agree with that. You know, I mean, they've got the guy in. But look, you know, it is what it is. Never really liked the fact that these footy players get all this hype. You know, they're not fighters and the fighters get forgotten about. Unless you're a Green Mundine. So, look, that's the last time you'll see boxing on a big pay-per-view stage in Australia. Mm. Like that. You won't get that again, you know, which is a shame. Because there's guys out there that are really up to that level. But you're not going to... So it's just that hype with the Green Mundine thing. I can't blame the guys getting paid. It was a competitive fight. And Mundine showed me that he could still go well. I think he should keep fighting. I spoke to him the other day. Like, I think he should keep fighting. But unfortunately, boxing and the media is the ones that do it. They made these guys mm. so big. They can do it with anyone, but they don't choose to. I mean, if Barry Hall fought, he'd pack the place out. It's just being a footy player or Favola or anyone. It's just it's just something I don't like that they come into the sport. Not their fault themselves, but it's the media builds them up and they're not interested in the... And just, yeah, you know, yeah, you're good technical fighters that are actually giving the whole life to the sport. So as a promoter, you're in Adelaide, 35,000 people at an event. State government, from what I understand, kicked in a couple of million yeah, dollars heard that. Uh, to assist this fight to happen. What are, you, what are you actually watching as a, are you watching the fight as a promoter as well, the whole event, to see if you can bring something to your shows? Yeah, always, always, always learning. I'll never, ever stop learning. I'll never claim to know it all. You know, always keep learning every day. But, yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm going to put in a couple of things, not because of that fight, but I'm going to change uh, a couple of things around for my next show. I spoke to Adam Wilcox, you know, about, um, you know, having a few rows of ringside seats besides just the tables. So mm-hmm. I know the mundane fights, you have a couple of rows really expensive, practically right behind the judges, right. and then your tables. So I might in place something like that, you know, and see how that works. But, um. It was a great, great show, great venue and all that. And, um, yeah, look, you know, and um, there were some good fights. It just looked so big. Yeah. Because you, if you they, if they took the wide shot, you could see there's the tables and then there's a lot of space and then the grandstands were full. Yeah. Pretty much. For your, for my information, were people who were sitting at the tables, were they in then moving, ring, seated, being seated ringside or did they actually watch the fights from their tables? Some, some... Um Started off the tables, got elevated ringside, um, mm. and some obviously stayed on the table. So I think a few of them ate first, and then they went elevated up, which a lot of people that I knew in boxing that were, were there as sort of VIP guests and that, yeah. But I was lucky to be front row. I wouldn't have liked to be any any further back, you know, so it was good. So the big plans uh, for Tassie Brown promotions. All right, we've got something in September. Yep. When are you going to lock someone down so you can start promoting? Is that, uh, you got a few people on, I told you, you said someone Mexican, but... Yeah, look, I mean, Mike's... I think Mike's already looking, you know, for something like that, and you know, we'll leave that to him. You know, mm. we usually um, do the same routine. You know, Mike does his thing, and mm. then I mean, Adam do our thing, and Billy does his thing, and you know, we all work together well. In the next couple of months, look, I've got to keep my guys busy. I'm thinking about doing a little show in Launceston, mm. 
I mean, Adam, just with a few of the undercar guys, like Jacob Turin, Big Plugger, Joe Corner, Jack Unwin, and just doing like a smaller show um, to keep the boys active. And then obviously in September um, with Luke. So, you know, always always thinking of ways to, to help the guys, keep them busy. And, and um, then obviously if we get Triff Australian title, that'd be awesome. But he had some MMA guy from Tassie calling him out the other day who's state kickboxing champion. So if he wants it, he can get it. Just sell some tickets. Yeah, sell some tickets and yeah. in Launceston. Make sure you turn up. Nah, they'll be on Luke's undercard. All oh, right, okay. He called Triff out the other day on the Facebook. So yeah, if he wants, he can get it. It's always nice to be called out, though. It's always good for you. You don't have to do all the calling out. Yeah, well, so far Triff's been called out once and done the job. So hopefully, um, this bloke's called him out if he wants. It. Yeah, said so, you know Triff will just beat him again. The Launceston one, possibly, quite possibly in between the Hobart one. Yeah, so probably about July. In July, okay. So that's always good to know that there's a possibility of having because uh, from memory there aren't that many shows in. Launceston at the nah, moment? Nah, not really. I mean, only when Daniel Gill occasionally fights down, but that's probably over now, unfortunately. Not sure Daniel's plans, but wish him all the best and have a good friend of mine. Yeah, so look, we'll take up the Lonnie. Yeah, probably um, budget for like, you know, probably half the crowd we get in Hobart, and um, it gives a chance to these guys to keep fighting. Plugger's building up a great following. That knockout is a really likable guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack Owen, mate, as I said, look, you know, he's, he lives in Darwin, but he's from Lonnie. He pulled a great crowd, so I'm excited to see what he could do in his own town, Launceston. And um, yeah, young Jake Doreen, he's he's flying, and um, and obviously Joey Corner, um, he's five and one, um, you yeah, know he's he's uh again he could fight for an Australian title in the next probably two or three fights, so we're making a bit of noise down there in Tassie at the moment. Do you uh, plan on bringing anyone to Melbourne anytime soon, or do you like to keep the boys uh, busy back home? No, no, look, we can't unfortunately. We have to look to travel across, so. I'm happy to fight on, you know, Brian Matruda, Brian Matruda or Linda Hoskins or Peter Maniardis, all them boys. So um, if they can get our guys on in the next couple of months, you know, as long as it's 50-50 fight, you know, make sure, you know, my guys don't get overmatched and, and you know, we, me and Adam will never let that happen. Hopefully there's opportunities there and, yeah, we'd love to come over and, and, um, and fight in Melbourne. So you as their manager promoter, do you, are you the one on the phones trying to match people up? Do you try and set up the fight first and then speak to the promoter or do you let the promoter, how does that work? What, what um, yeah, look, I'm usually on the phone, like I usually reach out to these guys and I've got a good relationship with these guys. So, and you say, look, I've got a guy this weight, this, this many fights, can you get him on? What, what can we do? So, mm. but coming over from Tassie, obviously, yeah, you're looking usually being the B side because I mean, obviously they'd be fighting a local guy who's a seller, mm. so they're looking for a win. Obviously, so it's sort of hard to. That's why, as long as a 50 50, mm. which Joe Corner got a win in Melbourne on Linda Hoskins show last year by mm-hmm. knockout, mm-hmm. my cousin Johnny Brown, very unlucky not to get the decision in Bendigo. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, you know, as I said, all I want is a 50 50 fight. I was going to bring this up earlier, and uh, as a purist, boxing purist that you are, this Conor McGregor. Mayweather fight. You be you must be asked a million times. Yeah. And your thoughts on something like this? Oh, look, I'm not a fan of it. I really um you know, I know there's a lot of money to be made and I can't knock a bloke for getting it earned. I never would. I don't know, I just don't see Floyd his legacy going out on a fifty fiftieth win against a guy who's not a boxer. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, guy might be good in the cage and he might be you know, okay with his punches and looks like he's got a pretty hard left hand and he's He's gone the floor maybe with a routine of talking up and being a trash talker and it yep. works for him. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather would box his ears off. I mean, he, he just, you know, he, he hasn't had the experience to, to fight Floyd. So the people will probably buy it. I don't even know if I'd watch it, to be mm. honest with you. I might. Come on, Grant. I might go chase the Pokemon as well. <laughs> I'm serious, mate. I, you know what? I'm going to say right now. I'm not going to watch it. If it happens, people, 
I'm not going to watch McGregor Mayweather. I might take the dog for a walk. Or I might go back to Spearbutt Rhino or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not going to watch the fight. It quite possibly is going to be the biggest fight money spinner in the history of the world. And you're telling me you, Grant Brown, yep. isn't going to be sitting in front of his TV. Not necessarily pay for it, pay-per-view. You're probably not even at a pub at a mate's house, Wayne's house. Yeah, Wayne will definitely get it because his mate, <laughs> his mate Paddy's a USC freak and he thinks, yes. yeah. Um, he sure thinks Tony Morrison was the best heavyweight of all time, so he's obviously said that guy. But, no, nah, look, I've actually, I'm, I'm going to stick to my statement on mm. your podcast, which I hope everyone listens to and gives great reviews. Um, look, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to um, sanction it. No. I, I think it's absolute, you know, good luck to them making money and robbing the bank or whatever they're doing. But, look, it's, it's just a joke, mate. The guy's, a, the guy's not a boxer and Floyd... He's one of the greatest. Let him fight. Let him fight anyone before. I'll, I'll fight McGregor. You will? I'll come out of retirement and fight McGregor. If he comes to Hobart, though. Only on your card. I'll go over. I'll go over and fight him over eight rounds just yes. so he can warm up for Floyd. Yes. He beats me, who hasn't fought for a while. You know, good luck to him. He deserves Floyd. If he can't beat a guy who's uh, been out of the ring for a while, um, then what makes him think he deserves to fight Floyd? The casual fan. We'll definitely get sucked into this. Most, oh, be careful my words here. Most casual fans, yeah, don't understand yeah, the, well, the game. Fair enough, they don't understand the yeah. game. Like, yeah, I mean, I grew up loving WWE, but I mean, yeah, it's not real, is it? What? I mean, WrestleMania, but I mean, look, it's um, they'll make money and, and everything, and that's great. If Floyd can retire, and I love Floyd. If Floyd can retire fifty and old after beating McGregor and being happy with that, then. You know, good luck. But you could see the argument could be, oh, he's done it already. What he deserves this or whatever. That's great. But I mean, I don't know Sugar Leonard wouldn't have done it, or um, Hitman Tommy Hearns, or Roberto Duran, or Julio Cesar Chavez, or you know, he beat Pacquiao, which was amazing. But don't know, don't know. So the dollars to him, it sounds like what you're saying. The dollars have got to be more important than legacy. the ego, legacy, yeah. legacy. Yeah. That's a good word. So is the legacy that important to him? Because he keeps on saying the best ever. He's a, he's, I think he's become the poster boy of the the O. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So many great fights. I mean, Sugar Ray Robinson is, the, in my opinion, the best ever. Mm. Yeah, people that don't know him, research him. He had some losses towards the end of his career, but, I mean, what's a loss? You learn from it. I mean, just saying you're undefeated doesn't exactly mean everything. It depends who's your fight and who's your fight at what time, whether over the hill. I mean, I love Floyd, but, mate, he struggled against Castillo that first fight. He, um... He beat De La Hoya, but De La Hoya was over it. He probably passed and gave him a hell of a time. And mm. you, know, I, you know, I'm a massive Floyd Mayweather fan, but I don't think he beat Tommy Hearns at Waterweight. Mm-hmm. I don't think he beat Ray Leonard at Waterweight or Robertson. I don't think he would have beat Duran at Lightweight. Um, and possibly Chavez Senior might have been harder Junior Lightweight. Maybe Junior Waterweight. Floyd probably could have, I don't know, like it would have been, I don't know, if he would have even bet Costa Zoo. I mean... Would have been a great fight, but I don't know if he would have had Costa even at that time. I think it's more the marketing thing. I think he knows in himself that, and he he always says these guys pay the way for me to be where I'm at. So mm. I think, um, but I mean the commercial thing about Floyd is his O. Yes, and um, yeah, but I mean look, you know, kind of seems like a cool dude. I respect respecting for what he's done, mm. um, being known. Like he he's gone down that routine, but it's a difference in a black American guy doing it. People mm. hate him. To an Irish white guy doing it, so mm. it shows racism is still very big in the world mm. because Muhammad Ali was hated by black uh, white America mm-hmm. for hated mm. death threats, everything. Mm. But years later, they softened on him when he got sick, and now he died. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you know, they're such hypocrites. So they, they get, let McGregor get away with everything, and you know, he's white Irish, mm. 
Um, but a, a black man mm. and uh, says something, oh, he's a mouth. He's, we want to shut him up. And same as Anthony Mundine in Australia. The racism at the Green fight was actually disgusting mm. in Adelaide. It made me sad to be Australian that day. And my friend Wayne had to pull me in the line a couple of times because I was going to jump a couple of rows back. I really didn't like the racism I heard at the Adelaide Oval. So, I mean, it's still thick in the sport. A, a black man can't say anything, but a white man can. So I just want to get back to the, the O on someone's yep. uh, record or a loss. Why is it such a big deal in boxing? Uh, I know you mentioned about the, the loss depends on who they fought, when they fought them, all that sort of stuff. But why are they all... Because you mentioned like in um, in uh, Luke's division, there's a couple of Australian fighters that are, um, that are quite worthy of... It'd be interesting to see how he goes uh, if he's the number one featherweight. Who's the number two, three you mentioned earlier? Nathaniel May yep. um, is a brilliant boxer, mm. great indigenous fighter. He's he's had one loss. Amy Bella is a beast of a kid. He's had one loss, and Brunk has had two. So doesn't really mean much, mm. you know. I mean, I think Luke beats all those guys, but mm. they're not walking the parks. Mm. The whole thing, um, people are a bit yeah confused with the. I mean, I had a O as well, but I mean. I didn't fight, you know, a lot of the guys that I would have loved to have fought back then, and you know, but you know, records don't lie. But I mean, in deep down, if you're honest with yourself, you know that, oh well, you know, he didn't beat this guy, he didn't fight this guy, or or if he fought this guy, where was he? In his, you know, in his career, was he past it? So, people are generally honest. So it doesn't really mean as much. You could have a few losses. I mean, um, you know, it depends how you went. You might have lost a split decision, controversial, and I mean, you might have went up in weight, or uh, you might have had an off night. You can't be fooled by records, honestly, you know, and anyone that does, I was not a boxing person. If you're matchmaking a fight, don't yeah. go too much by the guy's record. Yes. Look at who he's fought and where he fought at, and you know what I mean? And the guys he beat might be a lot better than the guy that you're, you know, than your boy. You've got to be smart. So these guys, uh, Ibi Bala, Nathaniel May, that are featherweights, that are up there with, why aren't they fighting each other? Um, like I said before, I mean, I mean, they've all got different... Well, some of them have got some of the same teams, actually, but I think Mike manages a few of them, my, my dear friend. Sorry, hello, Mike Altamura. Hello, Mike Altamura. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> no, look, and look, and um, but I mean, well, he's got nothing to do with Joel, but I think Nathaniel May, Luke, and, and Ibi, but not just that. I mean, sometimes these guys, let's be honest, a lot of the guys go down the regional path now. Mm. They grab a version, one could have a WBA, WBC, and they'll try their luck fighting international guys, mm. building their record up. Do I get more title shot mm. instead of having that fight? Look, maybe, maybe, hey, get two world champions and then fight off. Let's mm. say Luke Jackson wins a world title and Ibi Bella wins a world title. Let's fight as unified. Mm. Probably better. But the, the days of sort of the two Aussie guys head to head. But I will give George Gambosis credit. Mm -hmm. The fighting Brandon Ogilvie and beating Brandon, which I thought Brandon would, was going to beat him. I'll be honest. I'm very, I don't call things after it. I'm very honest. I mm. thought Brandon would beat him. Now George is fighting um, the undefeated Camille Bella, Camille, the Golden yes. Boy. So wow. hats off to them two boys for getting it on. Hats off and Gambosis for back-to-back -back fighting two legit great Aussies. So, I mean, and I don't really know the kid that much, but I just, I, I really admire that. And well done to Duco and Shui Duncan for putting that fight on as well. Is ferocious Cambosis a uh, promoter's dream? He likes to yap. Oh, of course he is. Yes. Of course he is, yeah. He's great and he's... I mean, he's Greek as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's got a big following. I mm -hmm. mean, especially if he was in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Look, hundred percent, he's a um, promoter's dream, and um, yeah, I think he's he's doing a great thing. Now, I saw uh, Camille sign the contract. That's going to happen in New Zealand. Yeah, on the Joseph Parker Fury, Huey Fury on the card. Okay, so, so when's that? 
date. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I saw it the other day, yes. but yeah, didn't. Yeah, register. Exciting. Two, yeah. two top of the tier Australians going at so each that's other. That's what it's about. It's in New Zealand. So okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I think a lot, lot of um, these guys should take notice of them guys, what they're doing, you know. They're putting it all out there. And look, hey, whoever wins or loses, I mean, whoever loses that fight, it's not over for them. Mm. Yeah, it's not over for them, but they're, they're really having a crack. So, you know, it's going to be a good one. Well, yeah. uh, Grant Brown, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Just like to say what a great job you do, mate. Um, you're an absolute gentleman. It's not about me, Graham. And not I about mean, me. um, having Darren Petty Films here the other day, the yeah. best in the business, Good which fun. was awesome. Good um, look, just keep supporting what we're doing in Tasmania. We're a little state, but we pride ourselves on producing great athletes, whether it's AFL, Australian cricket, netball or boxing. Per capita, we're one of the best sporting states there is. So keep supporting us, guys. You know, we're up against it. You know, um, having a little bit of water between us and uh, we sort of get forgotten about. Me and Adam Wilcox have um, resurrected boxing professionally. Adrian Lovell has done that with the Amateur League, credit to him, but we've done it professionally. We're getting great crowds and let's just keep it going. Support Luke, Matty Trifford, Joe Corner, Jake Doreen, Plugger, Jack Unwin, all the boys. Get behind them and support us. Coincidentally, they're all in your stable, uh, Tazzy Brown. Yeah, well, yeah, we're the A-team. <laughs> The godfather of boxing in Tasmania. Do you like that? On the day of my daughter's wedding, Sam, I might come to you with a request. Thank you very much. Grant, Tassie, Marlon, Brown, though. There we go, You like mate. that? I like that. <laughs> and a big shout out to my boy, Mario Zanetto, who's um, been up in Melbourne with me. Mario Zanetto, you're <laughs> out of control, Mario Zanetto. Leave poor Grant alone, will you? Get off the blackjack tables, Mario. Thank you, Tassie. Thanks, Sam. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Grant Tazzy Brown. Don't forget, if you plan on attending Grant's mid-year show in Launceston and are looking for some accommodation, make sure you visit airbnb.com.au and search for Charles 263. Airbnb's newest listing centrally located in the heart of Launceston. For past episodes of Exceptional People or any other contact or social media information regarding this podcast, go to exceptionalpeople.com.au. That's exceptionalpeople.com.au. Thanks for listening and bye for now.